Welcome to episode 36 of the Ask Achieve show, where we answer all of your burning questions on all things health, fitness, and business. We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Pack, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today, we'll be talking about how to put together supersets, if kettlebells can be your sole training tool, and how long it takes you to get your personal training certification. We are super excited. Let's get into the show. (laughs) What's up, achievers? I, I said that 36 <laughs> times and I messed it up this time. <laughs> um, so we, I mean, we got like an outpouring of positive messages and support. Um, we recently just put up, um, formally, I guess, our mission up on our stories. Um, I'll, I'll just read it for you, actually. So it's uh, who we are and what we're on a mission to do. That's the opening slide. And we just intro with, I'm Lauren and Jason Back, co-owner of Achieve Fitness. And we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. And that's what we open every po- a podcast with. Um, and then we go on to say that we believe that everyone des- deserves to feel comfortable and welcome when embarking on a health and fitness journey. We want to change the way fitness is portrayed. And that's why on this page, you won't see shirtless selfies, products that prey on your insecurities, or marketing schemes telling you what's wrong with your body and how we can help you fix it. We share high-quality information presented in a non-judgmental, non-condescending way that is meant to help you and bring you value. And we don't pose as just we don't just pose as experts. We have an actual gym with over 240 members that we work with on a daily basis. We want to share exactly what's worked for them and spread it in the most positive and inclusive way we can. And then we put a little video at the end of, of some of our members and positive stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, we just got a lot of. Um, just good, good, good feedback from it. Um, you know, I, the whole reason that we started this podcast in the first place and started posting on Instagram in the first place was to really do things a little bit differently, mm-hmm. right? I mean, fitness right now, if you look on Instagram, is just a lot of not clothed people. It's, it's overly <laughs> sexualized. Yeah. Um, it's become like a modeling industry exactly. instead of a health industry. And that's yeah. really... It's not what it should be about, at no. least in our opinion. It's not what it should be about. Yeah, I mean, it could, it, I guess it can be a component of it because, I mean, an underlying reason why a lot of people are interested in health and fitness is because they do want to look better, whatever that means to them. Right, and that's um, not a bad goal, and that's totally. not a bad thing. It's, and it's also great to be confident in your own skin. And mm-hmm. so it's not to say that, like, people being proud of themselves and posting progress pictures and all that stuff, it's not bad. Yeah, we think that's great, we actually. We think it's great. Yeah. We just think that there also needs to be representation of other types of people who are either just starting out or don't care as much about physique goals, but care more about strength goals or, or don't care as much about strength goals, but care yeah. more about like they're getting their heart rate at a healthy, you know, place. So just including everyone in this industry, as opposed to, I feel like a lot of, we feel like a lot of people feel excluded from the fitness space. And so that's part of our mission is to make more people feel included. Yeah. And you know, that's the reason why we like to include our members and our stories and our posts. Um, you'll see a lot of workouts with our members performing the workouts. Um, we had a little whole series where the member would work out with the coach and they would be working out side by side and both would be killing it obviously. (laughs) And that's super cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's why you see us clothed appropriately in our (laughs) posts because we're not trying to sell what's worked for us specifically. We're just trying to help everyone else out in terms of how we can provide information that's worked well for us um, in the gym setting at Achieve because we actually work with people in real life. So we, we know how to deliver this information in a way that will hopefully get across. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So um, there's just a lot of 
posing as experts these days. And it's like these people, a lot of these people just haven't really worked with people in real life. And when you don't work with people in real life, then you don't understand how to communicate things or how to coach people. Um, and it's just, uh, it just confuses everyone. <laughs> yeah. I think it just gets to be like, you end up just talking more about yourself yeah. Um, I think that's what we tend to see is mm-hmm. like people just end up talking about like this works for me and this works for me and this works for me. And that's very, very, very small sample size <laughs> of what works. And I know like a lot of things that work really well for me actually don't work for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and you can't know that until you work with a lot of people. And mm-hmm. so finding that like, oh, wow, this strategy, I thought this was the best thing for everyone because it worked so well for me, but actually there's people with different learning styles or there's people with different preferences. And, and once you realize that you realize, first of all, there's no right answer to like any question. (laughs) Um, it's it's always, it depends. Um, and then you also just start to realize how you can communicate different options to people, share your insight about what's worked for you, but also what's worked for other people that, you know, um, and it just really creates this much more, um, this feeling of you being more approachable, um, and you being able to share more information, um, in general. Yeah. I mean, and, and the other side of it is if they're not talking about themselves, it's very much absolute black and white, like yeah. this is the thing, blanket statements. And yeah, it just gets real confusing because that's never the case. There's no blankets, one blanket statement or one blanket recommendation across the board. Um, which is why we wanted to do the podcast because we have, um, our Instagram posts, we can delve into stuff uh, with our captions, but at a certain point, we're limited. So that's why we wanted to start our podcast and our YouTube channel so we can really go um, deep into some of these subjects so we're not just giving a broad answer. Yeah, sometimes we actually feel like we might be a little annoying because some of, <laughs> almost all of our answers are, it depends, but here's like yeah, some things pain, that we've you should see a physical therapist, <laughs> but this might help you. Like, right. There's just a lot of, yeah, we, we try to over-explain as much as possible. Yeah. <laughs> um, one other really cool thing that happened this weekend is that we had our Achieve Fitness powerlifting team compete. Mm. Um, so our head coach, Sarah, was in charge of the powerlifting team. She put their whole training plan together. She trained them throughout the, I think they did a 12 week cycle or 16 week? Uh, 12 week cycle. 12 week cycle, um, powerlifting cycle. And they all competed. They happened to all be women who did the, who decided to join the team. Yeah. Which is really cool. Um, and just like it was a coincidence. We didn't market it to women. That was just what happened. Um, and, the group ranged from people who like there was someone in the group who had never barbell deadlifted before. Um, there was also someone in the group who's done three powerlifting meets and already had two state records in New Hampshire. Yeah. Um, so we had a big range of, of experience level. Um, but the team just did so well. It was, it was so awesome. awesome to be there and watch them. And we were kind of like assistant, assistant coaches there. Um, Sarah was really leading the charge and we were just so proud of everyone. I mean, I've done, I did one powerlifting meet, so I I know what it feels like to be a first timer at a powerlifting meet. And I was so scared and so nervous. I missed two, I missed a command on my deadlift. I like freaked out on one of my squats because there are chains and you're not used to that. (laughs) So like, I just was watching them being like, man, I have so much more experience under my belt as a lifter, but they were so calm and collected and together. And they just looked like they were having a blast. And that made us... That made us so proud. <laughs> yeah, they did awesome. I mean, this is probably the only Achieve, like, extended group where we had no part in it whatsoever. No, right? nothing. So Sarah yeah. took it took it all under her own um, wing, I guess, and uh, designed the program. 
met with each and every athlete and just really orchestrated the whole thing really, really well. And yeah. um, we were super impressed with her. Um, yeah, and just the, the lifters. It was just awesome. Yeah. I mean, it was... Some of them hit some really, like, amazing goals that they had set for themselves. Yeah. I feel like everyone, I think pretty sure every single person hit APR at least in one, yeah, totally. one of the events. Um, we had Gina, who's been powerlifting with us for a little while, apparently set a world record yeah. in a deadlift. <laughs> she deadlifted 375 pounds um, raw, like no no equipment, anything like 375 that. 375 is ludicrous. That's insane. That's 100 pounds more than I've ever deadlifted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a coach. I'm like, this is crazy. So um, just some amazing numbers, but also amazing attitudes. And that was probably what we liked the most was that everyone was so supportive of each other, cheering each other on, just being in great spirits. And it was just awesome. Yeah. If, if you were looking into getting into powerlifting, powerlifting for the first time, uh, we would probably recommend RPS, which yeah. is the federation that um, they just competed in. Um, it's very beginner friendly. Um, and now, even though there's a lot of, you know, a lot of strong people, a lot of heavy metal music, a lot of people <laughs> sniffing these like smelling salts to help them lift better. Um, there's a lot of that going on, but it's also very inclusive. There are people who are very welcoming. There was a, was a nine-year-old, yeah, a ten-year-old, eleven-year-old. Oh my god, he was awesome. He was he was adorable, and but he was actually lifting a lot of a lot of weight <laughs> yeah. from his size. So, um, yeah, RPS. Look into them if you're potentially interested in a powerlifting meet uh, for the first time. Yeah. Cool. cool. So that was that was a lot for the beginning of without any questions, but we just wanted to share some of that stuff with you. Yeah. All right. So let's get into our first question of the day. So this one comes from Claire Bear Cook. <laughs> um, and she asked, I know you guys have kind of covered this, but I'm still confused about supersetting. I see conflicting things about this. Some people target the same muscle group over two different exercises and others combine non-conflicting exercises, which is best. Okay, so this is a um, yeah we've covered this before, but it's it's really confusing unless yeah. you're like doing programs on a regular basis. We would say probably eighty percent of the time you want to have supersets that target n- not conflicting but n- non competing um, group mu- muscle groups. So let's say we're doing a lower body exercise, we would want to pair that with an upper body exercise. Or if it's an upper body specific day, you might want to pair a push with a pull because there might be a little bit of crossover, but they're not necessarily competing. Um, Or we also wouldn't want to do like a deadlift with a pull up because both are such grip intensive movements. So for the majority of our training, we like to do non-competing supersets. We like to do we like to do supersets um, anyway because they're just time saving. Mm-hmm. So if you pair two exercises in a row, you'll get the workout done um, in half the time, most likely. Um, so that's why we like to do supersets. The only time we like to do competing exercises in a superset fashion are when we want to specifically address an area that might be um, lagging behind. A lot of times, from either a hypertrophy or just like really an aesthetic standpoint. So, so like for me, like I would probably do my, uh, my chest is a little bit lagging behind in terms of upper body development. So Lauren likes to make fun of me because I'll, I'll pair like two chest exercises back to back and I'm not necessarily concerned with the strength in the movement. So I'm okay with both exercises being a little bit lighter weight, but because I'm pairing them back to back, 
it provides more of a stimulus for my chest to then develop. That's the big differentiator there is that if you're looking for strength gains, you really don't want to pair competing exercises together Mm -hmm. because one is going to take away from the other. So if you're trying to get stronger in the bench press and you do bench press followed by push-ups, when you go back to bench press again, your push-ups just taxed your same muscles, your same chest and triceps and shoulders. And then when you go to bench press, you're going to be more fatigued and less likely to be able to lift as much weight or to progress as well. Um, so in that case, because you're looking for strength gains, it's a really bad idea. Totally. If you are, if your main lift that day is, is legs and you're doing like a deadlift day and you start with deadlifts and do a non-competing exercise with that. But then like Jason said, you're looking for more of an aesthetic, um, uh, goal or, or something from your second superset, then maybe you would do like a dumbbell bench press paired with pushups to really try to get some extra hypertrophy done. Um, that would be only the case though, if you're not worried about how much weight you're lifting and it's more about like doing reps until you're kind of feeling that burn or, yeah, you know? Yeah. And having said this, like this would be a very specialized technique where we would have a competing superset. Um, this would only, we would only use it for someone who would be a more experienced lifter. Yeah. So someone who has been lifting for three, four, five years or so and has been using more of a progressive overload sort of scheme. Um, if you're trying to do this because of aesthetics, but you do it early on, it's just you're kind of like, you're, you're kind of minimizing both effects. You're not going to get strength or muscle because you're just not going to be able to use a heavy enough weight for either exercise. Right. And it's probably too soon to really know what your body, how your body is going to react to just True. straight strength training. Yeah. Um, because you may actually find that just doing a well-balanced strength training routine is going to give you the hypertrophy gains that you're looking for. And mm-hmm. that's going to be enough. Um, if then you find, so Jason hasn't, I mean, you hadn't started doing that chest stuff until like this year. Yeah. You've been lifting for 15 years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just like, just now he's been like, you know what? This is an area like your shoulders are very broad. You have mm-hmm. big biceps. Like your chest is just a little bit Keep smaller. it going. Keep it going. You, you got it. <laughs> yeah. Great back. I mean, you're just like pretty perfect overall. You just have that one little area. <laughs> um, but you just noticed that was something like, you know, I, you still bench. You do all those main compound lifts. It was still an area that just felt like compared to everything else is just still a little bit smaller. So you're like, all right, let's target that specifically at the end of the workout after your big main strength lifts. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully that helps. Mm -hmm. Um, Cool. Let's go to question number two. So this one is from Talix, T Alex, maybe underscore 11. (laughs) Um, They ask, can you use kettlebells as a sole source of your training and still see um, gains and maximum results? Or do you advise mixing in traditional dumbbell slash barbell training because kettlebells aren't enough by themselves? Also, congrats on the news about the baby. Oh, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay, great question. So we would say that you can get amazing results with one tool. If that's all that you have available to you, we would also say that we think that there's benefits to all the different training tools and there's certain things that you can only get from a barbell. There are certain things you can really only get from dumbbells and certain things you can only get from kettlebells. So it depends on your access to equipment. Um, because number one, if you only have access to kettlebells, it doesn't mean that you can't get an amazing workout 
from just kettlebells. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, it, I feel like it's hard when people say, like, oh, no, you need barbells and you need sandbags and you need dumbbells. And if somebody, first of all, doesn't have the ability to get all that equipment or they, you know, they're working out at home and they can only have one thing at home, like, kettlebells are going to be great and you're going to be able to get a lot of benefit out of them. Um, if you're looking to compete in powerlifting, you can't get away with just using kettlebells. <laughs> yeah. So there's certain depends on your goals and depends on what you're looking to do. Yeah. I mean, I would say for if someone is just starting out, their first three years could probably be purely just kettlebells and bodyweight movements and they'd be totally fine. Yeah. At a certain point, um, it becomes increasingly difficult to just lift heavier and heavier bells because they just become so unwieldy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but like a barbell is meant to, you're able to put on micro progressions. Like you, you can put on 1.25 pound plates if you want, and you can do that pretty endlessly for a kettlebell. They jump in two to four kilo increments and they just get wider and wider and wider. And at a certain point, it just becomes really difficult to manage that. As opposed to a barbell, which pretty much stays exactly how it is, except you just sort of increase, I guess, the diameter of it because of the the plates um, as you lift more and more. Um, So I will say that barbells are a are going to be more superior from a strength standpoint later on. Um, But for the first three years, more than likely having a kettlebell base will actually help you with your barbell lifts. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Um, And then. Dumbbells, like the dumbbell to kettlebell thing, they're very similar. Yeah. Um, you can do most things that you want to do with a dumbbell with a kettlebell. Um, so like rows and even chest presses, like all those things you can, you can do with a kettlebell. Um, yeah. So I would say like the two, if you're going to choose two things, choose either kettlebells and barbells or dumbbells and barbells. Yeah. Right. But yeah. like the barbell is the thing that's going to help you to keep getting stronger if getting stronger is your goal. Yeah. Um, and then, but kettlebells are great just because they can combine a really great mix of, of cardiovascular training and strength training. So with dumbbells, it might be a little bit harder. I mean, you can put together complexes and you can make dumbbells work you in a cardio fashion. Um, but kettlebells are kind of made for that with swings and snatches and cleans. So there's just a little bit more that you can do in terms of a well-rounded training routine, Mm -hmm. um, with just a kettlebell than really with any other tool. Yeah, totally. Um, and yeah, it just lends itself well to a lot of those conditioning complexes. Like you just seamlessly move from movement to movement with a kettlebell. It's a lot more difficult with a dumbbell to do that. So yeah, yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. Last question. This one is from Chrissy128. And she said, um, my question is, how long did it take you to get your personal training cert? I've been doing my best to study the AC ACE cert, but I'm a better listening slash visual learner. I feel a little discouraged because of how long it's taking me, but I feel I don't grasp the knowledge as well when I as when I listen, for example, to your podcasts. Most people tell me about three months. Thanks. Um, yeah, I would probably say three to six months is a general good marker. But yeah, I mean, the, these these personal training certifications, first of all, they're just entry-level certifications, and they just have a lot of textbook science-y stuff that I don't like we don't think about any of that stuff when we're when we're coaching. We don't we don't think about really origins origins and insertions and all these like little individual muscle behaviors. We're looking at the human body as a whole. So if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you understand that we talk about 
pushing and pulling and hinging and squatting. We don't necessarily go into detail about your vastus medialis attaches to this thing and that thing. And just, it's, um, it's, it's textbook knowledge. And if you're not really like that sort of like book learner, then it's, it's, it's going to be a little bit of a difficult road. Um, It's going to be a lot of memory, um, but I wouldn't have that discourage you from thinking that you're going to be a good trainer because there are a lot of really good trainers out there because they just connect with people well. So if you can communicate with people and teach them things in a very um, non-condescending and non-judgmental way, like you're going to have a very successful career. Yeah. I'm, I am not a book learner either. Um, and I'm also not a great test taker. Mm-hmm. And uh, I definitely, I definitely felt a little discouraged when I was first studying for this. Jason is somebody who can easily read a paragraph and then regurgitate it to you. And like, he actually knows it. Whereas I have to read it like four times to like kind of understand it. And it really is like, but if I saw it in person and somebody was teaching it to me, absolutely. It would no problem. I'll take it away. Um, So I remember when we were both studying for it at the same time, I felt like Jason was just like, he just knew it all. And I was like, how do you know this stuff? Like you just know it. Um, So don't be discouraged because now I I don't feel that that has held me back as a trainer at all. Um, But I do feel like I did have to work a little bit harder than some other people to just get that information into my head for the time that I needed to take the test. (laughs) And once I passed the test, I really then delved more into the in-person seminars and certifications where you get hands-on learning and you get to see people teaching and people teach you in person. Um, And it absolutely, if that's the way you learn, then that would be what we would recommend starting with as soon as you get that cert go out and take a strong first certification or yeah. the FMS certification. Um, do something that where you get to actually see this coaching happening live because you will definitely get a lot more out of that than you will from from your textbook. Yeah, I mean, I think you use, the, like, use a lot of like flashcards and you use like, you drew a lot of stuff for yourself. I drew stuff out. Um, yeah. Also, I didn't use these, but I have heard amazing things about if you're, if the test, usually they have a lot of anatomy in them. Um, there's anatomy coloring books that yeah. I've heard are really, really helpful. And if you're a People visual learner, I'm, I should just get them because I'd love to have a refresher anyway. And um, people love them. All of the, like my PT friends said that they were super helpful. So that could be a great way for you to, if you're a visual learner, to start to see the muscles in a little bit of an easier light than just in a textbook. Yeah. I mean, like even when you were studying for precision, precision nutrition, like the first half of the book was all like, like biology, stuff, biology. Like cells yeah. and all that. And then the second half, like actually got into how you want to work with people, motivational interviewing, like all these like actual people te- techniques and skills. And you were just eating that all yeah. up. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, I guess it is necessary to go through it just to have just a general background idea of all this stuff, but mm-hmm. definitely do not be discouraged. Like you're going to be totally fine as long as you enjoy working with people. Absolutely. All, all right. right. That about wraps it up for today. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, actually, I don't think there's anything else. Um, so not yeah, really. if you guys have any other questions, please DM us at Achieve Fitness Boston on our Instagram page. Um, also, if you could leave us a review on iTunes, that'd be really appreciated. And until next time, peace, love, and muscles. muscles.